This is the third broadcast in our discussion of marriage. But I want to just take a moment out from that discussion to talk about single persons because I believe that in this discussion we don't want to leave them out. We've talked about the importance of companionship as the fundamental element in marriage. God said when he thought of marriage and spoke about it in Genesis, it is not good for man to be alone. And then in the passages in which he identifies marriage as not a human institution, but a covenantal arrangement that he himself has set up, he says in Malachi 2 and Proverbs 2 that marriage involves companionship. Now, what about the single person? What about the person who never marries? Shall we say that this person uh, is in a better situation or in some worse situation? Or how shall we look at the person who is single? We might say singled out by God. Well, the first thing we have to remember is Genesis 2.18, which says that it is not good for man to be alone. The norm is marriage. Everyone must recognize that God has set forth for most people the ideal and the norm of marriage. It is not good for most persons to be alone. That means that marriage is for most persons. But there are exceptions, and there are exceptional situations, and those we want to talk about today. The scriptures, for example, tell us that it is better not to marry under certain circumstances. In 1 Corinthians 7.26, for example, Paul, who was at that time single, though he had probably been married earlier, said, I think then that this, and he's speaking about staying unmarried, this is good in view of the present distress, that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Now, do Paul's words contradict the words of Genesis? In Genesis 2.18, we're told it is not good for the man to be alone. And here Paul says it is good for a man to remain alone. That would seem to be a flat contradiction if there ever were one. But you see, that's because you didn't listen carefully to the whole statement in 1 Corinthians 7.26. Paul does not say that it is good for a man to remain single. He said, it is good in view of the present distress for a man to remain single. And later on, he goes on to say, the time has been shortened, verse 29, so that from now on, both those who have wives should be as though they had none, and those who weep as though they didn't weep, and those who rejoice as though they didn't rejoice, and those who buy as though they didn't possess, those who use the world as though they did not make full use of it, and so on. Paul's talking about a persecution situation. He's talking about a circumstance in which that early church in the Mediterranean world in the, the Roman Empire was about to receive a tremendous bloodbath of persecution from Nero. And as a prophet of God, he saw this coming upon the church and even wrote about it. And he was here advising Christians that under those conditions, in view of that present distress, that it would be better 
to remain single. Sometimes people fail to recognize that fact and they extol celibacy as a more desirable state. Whereas the scriptures say that it is not good to be alone and there is the norm for most of us, but the exception is given in 1 Corinthians 7 that in certain situations it would be better not to be alone. <clears throat> Think of all the husbands who would be slaughtered, whose wives would die in poverty and in, in uh, starvation and distress and whose children would be thrown uh, out on the uh, streets in order to eke out some kind of an existence. That was the kind of thing that Paul had in mind when he wrote these words. And if we should ever find ourselves in that kind of situation in this country, those words would become very pertinent to us once again. But Paul's not talking about the norm. He's talking about the exception in times of persecution. And even then, he says in 1 Corinthians 7, it's not wrong if you get married if you find that you can't contain. Now, there's another interesting passage in Matthew 19 where Jesus spoke about celibacy or the single life. And he had some very important words to say about this matter in verse 12, uh, in which he talked about this whole question. Uh, the disciples, after Jesus had just finished discussing the question of not uh, allowing divorce except for the cause of uh, fornication, disciples said in verse 10, if the, the relationship of a man with his wife is like this, it's better not to marry. And Jesus said to them, not all men can accept this statement but only those to whom it has been given. In other words, God has set a special call upon certain people to whom he has given a gift of celibacy and to those persons alone. But not everybody can accept that. Indeed, the majority cannot and should not. Then he went on to explain. He said there are some eunuchs who were born that way from their mother's womb. They got that way by natural causes. There are eunuchs, secondly, who were made eunuchs by men. They uh, were brought into that condition where they uh, could uh, uh, no longer operate as full uh, human beings in, in sexual propagation uh, because of uh, some unnatural means. And then he said, thirdly, not only are there people who were born that way naturally and those who were, were mutilated and made eunuchs unnaturally, but there are also eunuchs who made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of God. He who is able to accept this, let him accept it. There are some who have decided to live the single life because they were given the gift by God to do this, and they do so in order to throw themselves more fully into the work of Christ. Now, there are some people who want to be married who should never be married because they have the gift of celibacy. There are some people who want to be married, who need to be married, and they're not married, not because they have the gift of the single life, but because they've been so miserable in the way they have lived, nobody wants them, and they better get straightened up. But there are many people to whom God gives this gift, whom he singles out for a special work in his kingdom, and they find the companionship, and they find the fellowship in their Lord and in others with whom they work that will in some way satisfy that loneliness in another way, when God gives them the gift and the ability to continue to work for him. And those to whom God has given this gift should search to see if they have it and should not compl complain, but should then throw themselves fully into the work of the kingdom of God uh, as they recognize that they have it. Paul mentions this also in 1 Corinthians 7, 
where he says that the gift uh, uh, is given one way of marriage to one and the gift of celibacy is given to the other. But all do not have, as he says, the same gift. You might look at verse 17 in 1 Corinthians 7 for more on that subject. And so the question today is, what, where do you belong if you're unmarried? Do you belong with a partner eventually? Fine, pursue it, prepare yourself for it, get ready for it, uh, pray that God will send you the right person. But if you are single, and maybe now the years are going by, don't become bitter, don't become uh, angry because no one has sought out uh, you uh, for a marriage partner. It may very well be that God has given to you the gift of the single life and has singled you out for special service in his kingdom. Throw yourself wholeheartedly into that service for the sake of Jesus Christ and you will find that fulfillment in him. This we ask, Lord, that you will bless those in this way for your sake. Amen.